0: Uh, yeah, come closer, come closer. Yeah, let's get the sofas and the tables. and <laughs> Why not? We'll still speak in the mics because we're recording. You never know if future generations want to listen to us. Who knows, who knows? Um,
1: there right? There was a bar yesterday, but okay. it's you'll, gone you'll now. It's
0: okay, you'll
1: just type. It's okay.
0: Um, so yeah, I I have not prepared in any kind of um, conscious, explicit way for the discussion, I wanted to experience the performance. I was just Mm -hmm. taking some notes while I was following you around. Um, And obviously we spoke before, Yes. Uh, obviously this is part of a program that Mm -hmm. has a certain logic to it. But at the same time, I mean, as a a curator, of course, I work through articulating ideas and all of that, but I work also with with trust and intuition, and this is a case of that, and I think in performance it's it's necessary to some extent. So while I had seen uh, excerpts of this particular work Mm -hmm. on video, I didn't have a, a clear, maybe I had an intellectual sense, but I didn't have a clear physical kind of experiential sense of of what this performance was and means in its duration. Um, and so I was very much, um, I guess, surprised and affected by its physicalness and duration. Um, and this is not exactly a question, but um, <laughs> because it's hard to formulate a first question, but maybe, um, you can tell at least something about, to start with, about the, the different spaces that get traversed. Like the fact that this is a performance that is, as you call it, site-responsive, which is different from the term that's usually used in the visual arts, site-specific, and I, maybe there's a subtlety to that that you would want to speak, speak to. And also the fact that we started outside but in the street, so a space that's definitely not prepared for us uh we block traffic for a while etc and then coming through this space and then going to the garden so what how why is it important for this performance to go through spaces and um and and this what what is site responsive and then maybe we can go more into the content as it were
1: um hello thank you all for coming thank you for the invitation um This is an exercise in sort of a larger body of work um, and conceptual frame. Um, And specifically, I was interested in working with a movement vocabulary that was at the same time uh, strenuous, but um, rooted in the breath and rooted in working through the breath. So often with movement, you're working against gravity um, instead of working with it. And I was interested in that sort of movement vocabulary juxtaposed with occupying public space and private space as a black body, um, a black body that is inherently performative within the sort of cultural paradigms that we exist in, as well as someone who's intentionally investigating performance also as a black body. and was interested in having those two worlds collide, um, of challenging both myself and organizations to have hard conversations about who is allowed into the space, who is the viewer, why we have certain um, rules that are happenstance about viewership of particular types of performance. Um, those are some of the things that I was interested in, creating a piece that would start in a public space Uh, I would try to find access into a private performative delineated stage space and then also try to find exit which is also then working with the architecture of the space um, how during specific events um, you then have a sort of social architecture that is created whether through security or staff people and the things that bodies have to navigate already right specifically in societies and um, where uh, so often black bodies are policed um, and are controlled, uh, I wanted to also spend time as an artist really studying that, what, what is sort of um, just taken for granted uh, as a sort of double consciousness a lot of time. It's like how, how to navigate space, how to take up or not take up lots of space. Um, so that's really, and, and for me, in terms of spacing, it was more of a uh, a body awareness, sort of math and geometry thing of like, what in terms of the time that we had uh, made most sense and what would have the most impact in terms of sight lines and perspective. So in a way, kind of like planning a drawing or a painting, right, you're thinking about um, vantage points, so that, in, in what made sense to me and my body as I was occupying the space. Also, transparency. I'm a resident here, so I spend a lot of time in this building. So I, I have um, somewhat of an advantage of knowing how people naturally um, occupy this space or don't, regardless. You know, sometimes as an artist, you have um, imaginaries of how the viewer. You know how you would like wishful thinking, how you'd like them to interact with your work, and so often that's not the case. So it's it was great to be able to use some of my lived knowledge about this space and the events that I've um, attended here to be able to use that for the spacing in the in the work.
0: Yeah, and so for those who were not <laughs> here for the performance itself, you are so you have a costume on. Yeah, that's very a very kind of you know it's visible. It's yeah spandex <laughs>
1: full body spandex unitard
0: right so you it can't is. miss it you can't you know you,
1: galaxy you it's are a, a
0: performer on, on, on in space yeah. and you mm-hmm. have helium balloons attached. Uh, attached to your neck by yes. a, uh, what do you call that it? like it's, it's a nylon quite a robot, string A nylon string mm-hmm. and and so there's a it, i mean there's a it's a violent image the string mm-hmm. around the neck yeah. obviously but it's kind of offset by the eerie lightness of the balloons, mm-hmm. right? And most of them are white, except for one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Um, in in the way it is a reference to a material study that's like kind of uh, a through line through these sort of exercises in Getting Well Soon. The disco ball is a object that I have been using um, for its light quality um, in space, but also Uh, it as a symbol for me of dance music, of sociality, of queer culture, um, in relationship also to uh, remembrance. Yeah, so when I went to Party City, which is where I uh, obtained said balloons, I go there often, I was thinking about an arrangement that could uh, be somewhat referential, but also like light um, and not create space for both me and for the viewer. And then they had these clear balloons. And I was thinking um, about taking this symbol from a previous exercise. And that was what I did. And I think it works very well, also in terms of light, um, because the balloons are clear and there's the, the reflective surface on um, the disco balloon, it definitely works well in in relationship to the costume and then like my skin in space, things that I'm thinking
0: about. What does that do in terms of the what you were talking about in terms of gravity? Because obviously Mm -hmm. the helium balloons are something that supposedly soars goes up, but throughout the performance you're you're hardly ever standing up, Mm -hmm. right? You're always in kind of negotiations with the ground, Mm -hmm. kind of different configurations of the body. Yeah.
1: Well, in the beginning I am like in mountain pose, right? Like just in a upright position um, in a breathing exercise, which is the beginning of the piece. And if it's windy, there's a, a strong pull. If it isn't windy, it's a light pull. Um, and that pull is something that in uh, the concept in working in the studio that I really enjoyed in terms of being able to help manifest the sort of um, di- like directionlessness and at the same time uh, personify the, the sort of like, what what is present when one is trying to fight against environmental you know, uh, challenges that are so often unseen, right? Mm-hmm. So in trying to develop a movement vocabulary for something that abstract, it was wonderful to have that experience you know, was working with balloons not for performance, but for more visual things. And um, happened on that, um, as you do sometimes when you're in the studio and you just do things. Um, And it created the right sort of um, tension, similar to like when you're pulling a rubber band, right? For me, that allowed me to create the sort of um, insistent uh, pull between the the lift and the groundedness of the music that you don't hear, but is something that's inherently inside of me, which, which is what the whole uh, thing is we, about. We
0: don't hear the music, but we we see it in some way, yes, right? Because once mm-hmm. when I mean the so the beginning of the piece is silent, as it mm-hmm. were, and then there is a piece of music that comes on. Mm-hmm. Once we were inside for about fifteen minutes, more or less, until mm-hmm. we, you got to the the garden, but like. Then it appears retrospectively to the viewer, to mm-hmm. me at least, that you were you were um, interacting with that music even mm-hmm. before it came on, yeah. right? In terms of some of your uh, the movements of your mouth mm-hmm. was making, you know, mm-hmm. there's breathing at the beginning, but then it's when yeah. you're almost like trying to articulate something or mm-hmm. singing, or at least that's how it appears, right? Yeah. And it's in rhythm with this music before it and after it in some way.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, Getting well soon. Yeah. What is that?
1: Something that it is a phrase that is used very get often. Well yeah, very often. Um, I don't. I've never been told "get well soon" outside of the United States. So please excuse me if I'm wrong. But within the United States, it's often used to people who are experiencing pain, grief. Um, various challenges in their lives in which really um, doesn't have a sort of like a chronological wellness pattern, right? There is no way to um, measure how long a grieving process will be or how um, much time someone would need to uh, grapple with the loss of... um, a member of their family or a distant member or someone of like a racial group that they identify with to police violence, right? But I was so often being told specifically after 2014 and Trayvon Martin's death to get well soon in situations that um, really uh, the the phrase started to haunt me and it became this sort of like really abstract like looming um, situation of like insistent insistence on wellness, but wellness with no follow-up, with no action, you know? So I was thinking about ways in which I could uh, develop a practice around interrogating this, but also um, a practice that could in some way create wellness for me as a performer. Um, I believe that uh, being on stage and can be a very violent experience for, and in my conversations with other black performance is definitely um, so often a reliving and or um, a challenging experience based on the gaze and the history of um, black performance in this uh, country. So how could I both research and like grapple with that history, but create opportunities for myself to feel um, that I had agency and power in the exchange with the viewer? And how could I help and or create a situation where they were looking critically, thinking critically about my presence and their presence in space? How could they witness, not just watch, what was happening in that process? So in many ways, it's 75% a studio and a live practice and the rest is outward facing.
0: You do perform on stage as well.
1: Um, I have not for with Get Well Soon. I have I just there's no piece um, as of yet that is uh, a staged piece where um,
0: yeah I mean in your work in oh general. okay it's, you have both.
1: Um, I perform on actually that's interesting. The only piece that I have as of right now where I'm performing on a stage is Little Black. Mm-hmm. It was my first. Um, it is
0: the, it was the first. I didn't it was
1: know. my first solo performance. Um, Little Black is about 16 minutes. It's a like multimedia sort of performance in which I am grappling with society's um, uh, conceptions and ideas of what black femininity is supposed to be through my sort of autobiographical um, story. And I am working with uh, whatever sort of stage staged space. People usually sit down. Yes. <laughs> yeah they usually sit down it works for that piece and I thought in in the conceptual framing of that that's what I wanted but I've also performed it on street corners um, and in galleries I'm not adhering in any way to having a stage I think it works I think you have to work harder actually to make people look critically and be critically present with you when you give them seats. I think the seats should be something that um, an artist is trying to grapple with. But that's just, yeah, to answer your question straight on. I do like the stage. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Right, but I mean, it is a problematic space for the reasons you...
1: Yeah, but also fun. There's lots of control Mm -hmm. In being able to stage a piece um, where there's a proper lighting grid, a sound technician. You know, there's lots of things inside of your control, but there's also things that you have to um, grapple with. And I think working with the concept and seeing if the concept fits within those spaces is what makes, is why I call myself a performance artist Mm -hmm. and not just like um, someone who likes to perform, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: so in terms of the the this performance uh-huh. that we've seen and a lot of it is extremely slow mm-hmm. movement um, very control i mean there's this kind of um, it seems there's a, its movement under a lot of constraint or mm-hmm. control mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see sort of your body shaking at certain moments mm-hmm. of the all of that um, slowness and constraint it's kind of like almost I don't know why I wrote here I wrote constraint and triumph because it's like these moments of extreme tension and at certain they're burst at mm-hmm. certain moments mm-hmm. and it it always looked to me as a, your body won every time <laughs> in a way <laughs> thank you very much. Um, and but through a negotiation of pain right mm-hmm. and and that pain was very visible in the kind of muscularity of the performance, mm-hmm. but also in, in your face. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was wondering how much of that is controlled, not controlled. You know mm-hmm. how much of your facial expression? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously your movement yeah. is like there's a, a a very at least for the viewer, there's a very there's something impressive in the control of it, right? Mm-hmm. But in your face there's something else going on. Yeah. And I was wondering How you think of it and how you you live through it during your performance, right?
1: Well, I have a practice where, like I've mentioned, the moves and the balloons, so that's something that's stagnant. Um, But really, the texture of the ground, the space, the things that I'm having to move through, also my emotional state. You know, I'm not working in a tradition in this project or this piece. Um, in like a Meisner technique or Uta Hagen technique, or even um, working in the tradition of some, uh, that was like theater uh, techniques or like, a, you know, a Martha Graham or something like that. I'm really trying to work in a being a pre- being present in the moment with what, what challenges and the things that I'm seeing and the things that are around me. Um, as I am tasked with physically getting my body through space so there are moments you know where I hear things or or things come up for me the same way that you know I was mentioning earlier it's like when you're in a yoga pose and all of a sudden uh, a space inside of you opens up um, that maybe you didn't know was tense and Liquids start to come from your face, you know, like whether your eyes or your nose or something like that, and And that is just the case. Is that something that I could plan or um, repeat? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also in ways that may look strenuous, feels actually very, very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then creates those bursts that you're talking that you're talking about, right? Like being able to really commit to being in that place, um, and not and not rushing through to get to the to the end of the thing because the most rewarding part is the process and not um, finishing for me at least. Mm-hmm.
0: One striking thing in this piece is that. Nothing is announced, right? There is no—I mean, we announce the place and the time of the beginning, but there's no, no, no introduction. Nobody says, "Okay, we have a performance; it's going to start." Mm-hmm. You know, turn off your cell phones or whatever. Yeah. And there is no end, as it were, at a certain moment you disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, can you elaborate on on this part th- of it?
1: I think it really, you know, as the first exercise, and as I was in a sort of like infants. See, place with um, the whole idea of getting well soon. As I mentioned, there's really no timeline, you know. Also, I'm thinking about the ways that um, Black people have survived and haven't survived, and the sort of techniques and um, um, ways in which you learn to be in space. And so often there is no, you know, there's there, there's there's no start time, you know. Like how 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 do how do you deescalate? A dangerous situation how do you orient your body around those things and and that's just where I am in this exercise you know so sometimes I am on the street in the beginning and it gets interrupted right and that happens or the police uh, come if there's not uh, someone advocating for me Physically from the venue and interfere and ask what I'm doing if I'm okay and you know And that is just a part of the experience of trying to do this sort of work in public Um, And I think that's what I'm trying to highlight is It can you can have a designated time you can have all of those things But there are things outside of your control that um, can either facilitate it happening in in a smooth way or Uh, create some bumps in the road, you know?
0: Are there other exercises in getting well soon and what do they look like?
1: Oh, um, various. Uh, This is one, I have a exercise. Uh, I was a movement research fellow uh, for 2016 and 17, and that's a dance and movement space here in New York City. And I was thinking, a lot about movement vocabularies, ha, ha, ha. And had um, a lot of hours in studios, but didn't have uh, space to store physical objects. So I had to think um, outside of my obsession with my body and relationship to objects. I was thinking more about architecture. And I became obsessed with this space called Knockdown Center that's in Maspeth, Maspeth, Williamsburg, people call it different neighborhoods. But Knockdown Center, it's a very large warehouse that um, used to uh, produce doors and windows. It's really, really expansive space. And I had been uh, studying light, the use of light as surveillance technique uh, for black bodies in urban spaces. Um, and it's interesting. In highlighting um, that usage as well as uh, creating text around the sort of um, coded language that is used to identify oneself in a group and then the other and the sort of black white paradigm um, in which so often uh, doesn't acknowledge that the sort of destruction or the dismantling of oppressive white supremacist structures would also mean the dismantling of an i, the the sort of blackness that has been created in in that sort of binary relationship, right? So I wrote this monologue, had this lighting choice. This exercise is called um, "You Black and Blues," so it's about um, I don't remember how long it is because I'm here now, sure. but um. Yeah, so that was uh I think exercise number five. Um it's a duet. Uh really a duet in absence um of the other person. And um so that was that was uh one of the exercises. Uh next second Sunday here, actually not next the next second sunday may 13th i'll be um doing an exercise called there's a time and a place for everything that will actually be contained in the box that is my studio space here um yeah so they it varies yeah i have also like language online and things like that if you're interested in following it. I'm like a year into the project, so I'm still developing ways in which to talk about it to different groups of people. Cause I also know that like not everyone's following discourses about like Afro-pessimism and or um, black liberation movements or um, modern dance. So, so sometimes it's a little disjointed.
0: Perhaps we can open up if, uh... Anyone has observations or further questions?
1: I also love the tone at which we're speaking. It's like very, um, although it's like the evening, very day show. I love it. You know, very like morning show. (laughs) I I think so. It's very like, it's so wonderful.
0: I like it. Should we be gloomier?
1: No. (laughs) I just love that like we're just vibing and it just feels like we have... Well, this More whole hours later. The program
0: is called Living Room. We're just, oh, we're, look at see, that. That's the title of Forum, the whole forum. You totally so did it so with the space. The idea is to create a kind Right?
1: Of, we should have had a cocktail, but it's fine. It's totally okay.
0: It's, it's, you never know. I Maybe love the plant. Cocktails may be coming. The,
1: <laughs> ooh, the plant is good. The couch, the whole thing. It's just like so relaxing. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, is what I'm saying. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Would anyone here or there, say, would like to say anything and perhaps say it to, in the microphone. Uh, did you wanna say something?
2: Uh, no, I was just curious about the choice of music. Yeah,
1: okay, oh, yeah. Uh, I, love, I love that question. Okay, so I do a lot of my research online um, on the internet and a lot of my working in community with other uh, artists of color on the internet. I also share a lot of in-practice videos on Facebook and Instagram, which I think is just a part of the lineage of like where you get to all of a sudden having a project and you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this thing. And um, there's this rapper, a uh, trap rapper who has a song called Push It. Um, his son and his, uh, the mother of his son uh, created a YouTube video that went viral of the, his son dancing to the song. So cute, and then this producer named Knowledge took the YouTube video sound and turned it into a three minute track. So that's why you hear like the laughing and the narration, right, which then creates is like this conversation um happening online. um and then he laid a piano over that and some guitar, which is in the track, and that is three minutes, so I looped it into about a 13 minute and a few seconds track. Why I also specifically became obsessed with this is because of that connection, the way that through digital technology and the internet, those sort of conversations are happening sort of effortlessly, but then there's like all of this coded language um, that goes into being able to have entry into those conversations. Um, And uh, it was just such rich material such a material, and I felt extremely moved. It was shared originally, um, my partner shared the song with me and then I came to that through research Being like, oh, but I heard that song before and like mm. creating those connections. And I, I think it's that's like the wonderful thing about performance is when you can like have those subtleties uh, and not, it not be so um, didactic
0: sometimes. Simon? To
2: explore the getting well soon a little bit more. Let's because, do it. Because um, you talk very personally about how you know it relates to this sense of healing from a kind of personal trauma or your individual response to a kind of community felt trauma. Yeah. But um, I'm wondering if there's something else, also that implicit in in the the notion that by taking on a, a public space and engaging us, you're actually uh, you're asking the, a, a larger question about who it is that needs to get well soon, um, and and how we begin to address that as a as a collective.
1: I mean, that wasn't a question. That was amazing. Yeah, definitely, um, your statement. I agree and feel strongly about that. Uh, specifically, with um, posing, you know. A performance in which I ask bodies to be present with me in a public space is definitely um, an opportunity, in many ways, to see also how a care is or isn't enacted on particular bodies. Um, you know, moments like when there's traffic, or how close or not close people will stand, um, and uh, so that that is definitely something that I'm thinking about, but in terms of the whole, the, the title, Get Well Soon, it, there it's impossible. Um, and that sort of impossibility is, uh, feels very rich to me. Um, specifically, and I'm jumping, but in relationship to the way that uh, the structures in which we live in specifically Our political system and sort of white supremacist structures seem so impenetrable. Um, And it is a wonderful exercise to think beyond those limitations. I was a part of communities in Chicago who were doing a lot of community organizing around prison abolition. And it was a really, really tough, and it's still daily, a tough exercise, one, to engage with the. A, a line of thought that says can we have a society or can you imagine and build ways to of relational, relation, relationality with people where we we build a society where we imagine infinite amounts of care um and structures of accountability um in, in a space where we we have been trained and and intimately desire social control and cages and um, uh, the sort of us versus them uh, paradigm, which also then relieves you, you of responsibility, and that there's always clearly a monster. So in in I don't I'm sorry I'm just I went there. And I don't remember, but yes, I feel like what you you said is what I'm feeling a lot of times um, and what I'm posing. And I agree. And I'm also thinking all these other things and trying to figure out ways in which to uh, speak about this in wall text, which Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet. Um, But I definitely have a lot of things that I'm reading and lots of things that I'm feeling and I'm definitely interested in continuing to have conversations and see how people are responding to some of the things that I'm currently still working through in my studio and in my own life practice.
2: But yeah.
0: Yes, of course. Uh, Simon, could you pass the microphone?
2: Do you mind if I ask a question? Because I have seen the piece Quite often this person so
0: far. is my partner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're married. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay.
2: But there's always some. There's always something new and something that I. There are two things that all of a sudden up for okay. me. Okay. Okay. So the first <clears throat> aspect is about the sound and something that I have never recognized in the song, but that actually carries the song which is the cheering, which is the, uh uh-huh, ah yay. And you you constantly hear that voice that we read as female that is supporting, that is really holding the piece. And I realized that there is like an absence of that in the beginning when there's silence and it's in your body. And then there is uh, the disappearance again at the end. But it actually really carries the entire song. And it's, I think that is more of, of a statement in terms of like also how, how gendered the pushing through and the supportive care is and how much that is marginalized and pushed into the the, yeah. the background although it is like the one of the most important parts of the entire yeah. piece. Well
1: before you get to the second thing, I think that's the awesome part about the the like peeling back the layers of the song that knowledge then produced mm-hmm. and that I don't think I could have done as masterfully, right? It, it, I'm not the product the producer of this song. It's it's the way that Genesis creates a song about pushing it, but really pushing drugs, right? Like he's making a song about pushing drugs to take care of his family, right? That I'm like, I love a trap B, he has a great voice, my body responds. And then his you know, the mother of his child, which the relationship between them is not necessarily explicitly shared on the internet, but this is the mother of his child, and the child loves and supports the father, and the mother is then cheering on this, the child in his um, sort of performative reenactment of his father in relationship to the song, right? And, but within her voice, I find possibility for myself. Mm -hmm. to move and I think that is once again what I'm saying is why I love it so much because it doesn't feel didactic in the way of like needing to talk necessarily or make explicit uh, the intimate uh, conversations about black intimacy and challenges and misogyny you know it it is something that I think can be um, experienced um, in a way that I once again I said I I was just so blown away that that was what I was um, brought to Um, with the song, specifically with repeating it a little bit more so that you start to hear that nuance. You start to hear her laughing Mm -hmm. and you start to, you know, the things that so often are um, erased from the conversation. You know, the things, the the, one thing else, the last thing I'll say about that is I was once at a residency and before we left, the facilitator says, when you go home, specifically if you have a partner who identifies as a woman, it's female, before you tell them all the great things that you did without them. All the wonderful new people that you met, think about the things that they are inherently doing for you to make it possible for you to be far away from them. And don't remind them of that distance, but remind them of the love that you have for them and what, what that love makes possible. And I would say that is in terms of like an exercise of thinking about care relationship to getting well and like being present in those moments is what I'm like working you know Mm -hmm. so thank you very much but also like Nana's an amazing curator. So she's just like over here, we're like, oh, can I ask a question? But like, we're also having these conversations all the time. So th- thank you. I for- could have
2: asked you in private. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: but we want yeah. to hear. Yeah,
1: I
2: had a second part. What was the second part? I had the second part in terms of which like becomes more and more apparent the more I, I am familiar with your practice and your thought process. Is the question of translatability and opacity Mm -hmm. because the references are so like specific Mm -hmm. Um, and and it's like this this classic sort of like you either get the reference or you don't it's like when you look at a meme and the meme has a history online I I I only just entered the meme game about 3 years ago ago I have to admit but now I know so now I'm one of those people who sees a meme and who's like oh my god and cracks up and someone is like what are you talking why is this even funny and then you have to explain the whole stuff so can you speak a little bit about this like notion of translatability and non-translatability and like the um troubling of viewership and when within that framework can someone really become a witness?
1: Um I think there's a lot of things going on there. Um within that framework when one can become a witness, I think there there has to also be a level of investment, right? To the witnessing process, like um, to to be able to 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 witness it, because you sometimes you don't always know what's going what what is going on, or or can read all the symbols or the signs, or even like maybe even. like, feel a sort of intimate connection to someone, but you can be there the way that, like, in being in New York City, if you're, like, invested in public transportation, like, care about other people on, like, a really basic, you don't have to, like, really love other people, but on, like, a basic level, you witness what is going on just as, like, an act of, like, citizenship somehow. Um, So I think that can happen without, like, Um, real intense like care or understanding of the codes and stuff. Uh, But I also, I make work for people who also like, I think like who are really invested in black culture and black people, you know? So if if that's your framework, if that's the things that you're interested in, that's the things that you're invested in, you will have a good time. You will know the things, you have those references. Um, And otherwise it'll be interesting You know, it'll be something that you can think about and something that you can like ask questions and people tend to ask, you know, questions, like what was the song or what was the movement vocabulary. I think there's um, a lot of entrance points into the work, but specifically I also am making work to have conversation with black folks, specifically in a lot of ways work that I could have complex conversations with my family about, you know? having those tough conversations that um, I believe only sound and body sometimes can begin, and that words often create um, more walls and more barriers to understanding. Um, so that, in some way, that is what I'm... Thank you.
0: I also was surprised by two things if nobody else has a question. <laughs> but I'd prefer to take a question from the room if there is one. Yeah, the, the two things were, well, one had to do with you, Nana, and, and precisely with this question of witnessing, because I was thinking about it a lot in terms of, in terms of the viewers kind of following you around, obviously, and so being in a, in a structure that's different from the intentionality of going to a theater and sitting down and watching a show. So they cho- they choose to follow you around. They don't necessarily have to, and and they hadn't necessarily come specifically for it. And... So this and the fact that what I was saying earlier about your face and what you were saying about the emotions you're going through. So we we're witnessing something more than the technicality of a show, of a of a performance. But the, the, the thing that struck me in relation to Nana is when we were outside on the street and, and Nana literally uh, put her body on the line in some way. I mean, it, you were not in danger, but it seemed you were intentionally standing in the middle of the street to force the cars to go around uh, while you were you were crossing. And I don't know if that was something you had discussed or not, or, you know? So it's, in a way, it's a question for you. <laughs> no, we
2: didn't discuss it. We didn't discuss it. No, no, we didn't discuss it at all. I was not even sure if I'd be here today. Yeah, she was. Right. In, no. But it um, was an
0: extremely, inter- visually, it was an extremely and it, performative yeah. moment. You were, you were... Um, you were, uh, I mean, you were you were wearing black. All of a sudden You're she was, it was in were... dialogue,
1: right? It was like she, it a was... monologue that happened and someone interjects. And yeah, the, like, suddenly there
0: was again. this other, yeah. this counterpart that was there and you were, yeah. and, and it was the time where you were starting to actually move horizontally. Mm-hmm. You were standing upright, you know, yeah. vertical in the middle of the street. Yeah,
1: It's an interesting thing because I have performed it in other spaces and have had cars either like maybe attempt to hit me, like I'm you know, in a zone. So, like, I'm seeing the things, but I'm also, like, testing the limits and, like, how much people will, can understand or will understand that. They just need to stop, right? Like, they don't have to understand it's a performance or nothing. It's, like, someone in the road. So, like, maybe you should just wait. Usually don't take that long. And in some cases, that happens, right? And in that moment, the, it, the viewer has a choice. The same way that in our, we have a culture... In, which really inspires some of these choices. We have a culture where you'll see a violent act on a video posted online. And so often I think to myself, the person made a choice to document and you don't hear their voice and you don't see them interject in the thing. They allow it to play out as if they were an invisible voyeuristic uh, body that had no agency. Um, so there's this moment of like, will people break that? Well, there's no fourth wall because we're not in the theater, right? So will they break what they imagine is uh, the boundary between me and them to, to interfere or will they not? Is it something that I am then um, charged with having to take care of? And sometimes I have to take care of it and other times not, you know? Uh, yeah. I, like like before I started, I was a little nervous because there was a police van. Yes. And the last public performance I did, uh, I was like uh, approached by the police really aggressively in the Bronx. And I was like so in that moment of like, oh, my God, like I like had my back to the street and then like when I turned around this like very large police officer was coming towards me really aggressively asking me if I was okay he might he he might as well just been like are you well are you well you know because it was like are you okay and it was just like startling you know soon get (laughs) um and then someone like ran jarted across the street because you know it's also this Um, a seductive thing, right? We have this history of moving images and still images of like wanting to somehow see what plays out, you know, without interfering. But then it, it, yeah, yeah, you know, there's that that next thing. So we didn't plan it, but I'm glad that
2: she did that. That was nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, there were other occasions because I've seen it so often Mm -hmm. where actually it's also indicative of the space where you're at. Because there are spaces at Knockdown Center where literally the entire audience blocked the road. Right. It was not and it was me. like a,
1: a four a four lane road too, so it wasn't like yeah. an easy road to block. And no, it was like there were of
2: people. Yes. I was running back and forth, very nervous, <laughs> and I tried to hi, to stop other cars, you know. But honestly. It's interesting because when I stepped off the road, someone said, thank you for blocking the road. And I think that is an interesting moment in terms of an uh, audience where it's like, Mm. oh, actually, you don't have any agency. And it's this like confusion of the, I'm I'm just a, yeah, I'm just a spectator. Mm. Or Mm. am I part of this when you're outside? And I have an interest of this person not getting hurt.
0: Right. (laughs) thank you for that (laughs) the the other thing and maybe the last thing i wanted to say is that for me i mean this piece seems to be very much about thresholds physical thresholds emotional thresholds right getting well soon is like if you're not well you get well i mean there's that there's that change of state right that could be a chemical process a psychological process a physical process and in in the uh, so that's a kind of a general thought. But in the specific context of what we saw tonight, there were two physical thresholds, maybe more. Like there's the crossing the street. That was the first one. Then there are two others, which are the two doors, right? The entrance into Pioneer Works and the exit into the garden. And it seemed to me, I'm, I may not have been paying attention enough at the beginning, but it seemed that the, that first door into Pioneer Works was kind of, Um, an easy threshold or at least you negotiated in this kind of smooth way whereas the second one which came after the music after the whole movement towards the garden was an extremely tense moving uh, long uh, kind of moment in the performance could you just kind of speak to that
1: I think really simply you know it's like when you're so often close to the end, it becomes the, the greatest challenge when there's so much behind you and you have that sort of in that sort of like small micro situation when you have that history, mm-hmm. it, it starts to weigh you down, right? And in the in the sense that I start to feel gravity in a different way, in the pull of the balloons in a different way. And at that point, I um, had to figure out how to negotiate my muscle spasm. So I was starting to have... Um, like, you know, when you, after a while, if you're um, doing that sort of like constant up and down, I was just having some muscle spasms and I had to make a choice at like how I was going to navigate the rocks, which I had like done some practicing, but they was so much harder at that point. right? Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't, it, just, it was no way for me to really know how hard it was going to be at that I point. The gravel. Yeah, to, to like really dig myself um, to have a, a, enough uh, stability to shift my weight. And then also to just, like, release control in that moment. And it, I just it was like, okay, we're just going to have to wait until I have the energy um, to continue and, like, navigate this leg. Because it was far <laughs>
0: from over, right? The time yeah. in the garden was quite no, long and, after
1: and, and, you know, I don't have a time watch or anything. So, you know, it just it is just like what i know in terms sure. of like how time feels so at that point i had to allow myself the permission right cuz i'm working against years of training in theater and you know working with other people in dance it was like this is about you really it is right mm-hmm. so you, you know in that moment you as a performer you have this like um urge to be interesting this <laughs> urge to somehow engage people but you're in a in a strange position which you got yourself into because this was your idea and you have to grapple with how well, you're these gonna- people are
0: watching. Yeah,
1: right, and you're just <laughs> gonna like take ownership of that and like continue the thing, right? And that's like that, like you said, a threshold of, of being present with that activity as a way to move forward, right? Um, so yeah, that was very, very challenging. I was very proud of myself. I had a moment um, of like, <laughs> Uh, a rush of like you know sometimes you just like get up at the time where your phone tells you to get up and it's not a problem and you're like look at me I'm an adult I I did it you know at <laughs> that moment it was like wow I'm like totally doing this and it can happen and this is like extremely way harder than I thought it was gonna be. Maybe I should have taken the easy road and just like disappeared in the gallery space, right? But then that would have been cheating my own exercise, so. <laughs> you know, well, thank Renee. you so much
0: for not cheating. I think we all saw that. You are not <laughs> cheating at all. And thank you so much for the amazing thoughts thank after you the inviting amazing me performance. for to your living
1: room. Thank you, and thank you guys for coming.